That's so on brand for you. So on brand. Yep, very on brand. Hey everyone, welcome to the That's So On Brand podcast. I'm your host, Kristen Mann. I'm a graphic designer and business coach, and I am endlessly fascinated by other people's passions. It's our passions that make us unique, relatable, and people that others want to work with and get to know. I'm on a mission to get people thinking about their story and how their life experiences have molded them into the entrepreneur, athlete, or professional that they are today. You may not be for everyone, but you are most definitely a person that someone out there needs right now. So join me every Wednesday to hear from aspiring entrepreneurs and small business owners and see just how unique, authentic, and inspiring each person's journey is. So let's get into it. Welcome back, everyone. I have Andrea West here with me, who happens to be one of my best friends. (laughs) One of. That's offensive. (laughs) The number one. Fine. Demand the spot, yes. (laughs) Um, But I want to preface this interview with Andrea is not a business owner and she is the the first non-business owner that I'm having on the podcast, which is very fun. And this podcast wasn't made just for business owners and entrepreneurs anyway. It's for professionals and people who I think are doing important work. And I just want to have a, a range of different people in different industries on the pod. So I'm excited to have Andrea on. And that also means that some of the questions might be framed in a, a different way than you're used to hearing, but it'll still be really cool. So welcome, Andrea. Thank you. Yes, I forced my way in as soon as as soon as Kristen told me about this podcast. I was like, I'm booking myself. I want to talk. So an appointment. Yeah, well, I'm sure I have some interesting things to say, but I'm not exactly sure yet. (laughs) Absolutely. No, you will. We'll we'll start it off easy. Tell everyone what you do. So I am the director of operations for a business called Signet Education. Um, The work we are in is one-on-one student mentorship. We work primarily with high school students um, and we help them with like all sorts of things from like subject tutoring to SAT prep to preparing for college to just like general academic coaching. Um, All the good stuff. So in my... All the good stuff. Yeah. In my director role, like my full-time job is to help um, manage our staff, help make sure that things are running smoothly, updating our processes. You know, we're a super small company. Um, We have like one, two, three, like four people working full-time right now um, in the like administrative side of things. So Um, I can also be kind of a catch-all for like the HR department, all sorts of things that need uh, to happen in order to move the company along. But lucky for me, I also get to work with students. So I uh, work as an academic coach, which I know you've been talking to a bazillion coaches, and I'll just add myself to that list. Or helping some students one-on-one through their academic uh, challenges and goals. So it's a lot of fun stuff. Yes. And... Fun fact, I have done design work with Signet in the past. I think you guys were actually one of my first clients when I was off on my own. So big supporter since the beginning. Very Heck yeah, of course. Very fun. <laughs> so you weren't there in the beginning of well, the start of the company. So you didn't have anything to do with 
the logos or the, the visual brand side of things, but I'm interested in hearing your thoughts on the visuals that Signet uses and how they kind of apply to your brand values and what you all stand yes. for. Oh yeah. Well, um, an interesting story that I don't know if you know is like a year before I came into the company in 2014, um, we totally rebranded. Um, we had a different company name. Um, oh, wow. So Signet was called Veritas Tutors oh, from yeah. like 2005 or six to 2013. Um, so basically right before I got there, there was this major rebrand where the company was renamed and the logos and the colors and the sites and all that. Um, and that was out of like a, like a desire to make the brand like more inclusive, um, less tied to, you know, the area of the, the country that we're in. Um, the right. term ver Veritas is a very like Harvard centric word. I was just going to um, say that's very, very Harvard-esque. <laughs> yeah. Which of course, like the CEO of the company went to Harvard, like we were in Harvard Square up until the pandemic. Like right. it is a part of our brand and our history, but the whole rebrand was an idea of like, yes, we have people that went to Harvard and we have served people who went to Harvard, but like we do so many more things now than right. just You've that, grown. you know? <laughs> exactly. So we've grown both like geographically um, and in the types of service and like, you know, thinking about what the brand says now, like the word signet, you know, if you know, like a signet seal, like it still mm -hmm. connotes like, um, you know, high quality and kind of like a boutique feeling like right, very, yeah, but it's not tied to, you know, the prestige of a particular institution. Right. Um, and I think that's helped us a lot um, in how we talk about the company and how we feel inclusive to our employees and people who are reaching out to us. Um, I mean, the, the rebrand has just like helped expand the possibilities for, you know, the last however right. many years. Um, I like it a lot better, even though I never knew it as Veritas when I first came in. Right. Just thinking about what it, it was and what it is now. And you mentioned this. So in before the pandemic, mm -hmm. you had an office and I've been to that office before and you. you were going into the office every day and now you're all working remotely, right? How has that mm -hmm. been? Um, I really like it. I wasn't sure about it at first. And maybe it's like, like Stockholm syndrome, like I don't have a choice. So like, I might as well like it. Um, but I've uh, enjoyed like not having to commute and getting flexibility in, in my life. And, you know, we're also very fortunate that, um, you know, 50% or up to 50% of our student work was already online, we were doing a, wow. you know, a lot of um, sessions virtually anyway. Uh, so the transition to going fully online actually was pretty easy for our business. Um, and even like we would, you know, people would call us previously and would say, hey, we don't have somebody who can come to your house, but we have, you know, online as an option. And then I'll say like, no, I don't understand online tutoring. Like that's weird. It's not the same, whatever. Right. But now everybody understands how to work online and like open like a Zoom link. <laughs> People are so, like, oh, in person? They're like questioning yes, it. No. I have to drive? No. So um, yeah, it it actually like served our business very well. And I feel like super lucky about that because that's not the truth for everyone. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. So what is the trajectory of events that 
led you to this path? <laughs> Gosh, yeah, I was like, I saw that question um, on the list that you sent me and I was like, I don't even know. <laughs> I don't know. Um, That's something we think well, about all the time. <laughs> yeah, I think I also just like have kind of a unique, well, what feels like a unique story in that like I took my first job at Signet right out of college. I was connected by one of my professors who was a tutor at the time for the company. Um, and I took it just as like a like a new job, something to do. Like I didn't right. have any other options at the time. I'm like this is my absolute dream job. No, I've I just made it. <laughs> I just like I needed money and like yeah. I needed, you know, something to do while I figured out my life. Right. Um, so the, the first kind of things that I did were like answer the phones and water the plants and get the mail and all those kind of very necessary, like administrative things. Um, and then, you know, as the company started to grow and change and we were doing new things and coming up with new ideas, like, I think I got in at the exact like magical right time where like my career growth just like happened in total parallel with the company. Um, so over time I was able to, you know, say that, hey, I think we need somebody like paying more attention to our staff and our tutors. And I like wrote up a job description for myself and that's what I started to do. Um, and then that's kind of what I've been doing ever since. <laughs> um, and now, you know, it's been like, like seven years. Um, and I went from like collecting the mail to like setting, you know, the, the three-year plan for the company and making these big leadership decisions or contributing to them and like helping develop some of the big projects we're going to launch over the next few years. And like, I don't know, I think about it sometimes and I'm like, how, how did I get here? Like, it sounds <laughs> fake. And sometimes I feel like I'm just like, I don't know, pretending, uh, we but, all are. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. Um, and it's just, I feel just like so fortunate that like the opportunity to work here, like dropped in my lap in some ways. And like, I haven't had to think, <laughs> think about, you know, anything else since then, you know, it's just been such a wonderful fit for me. So I'm excited to see where it goes from here. Yeah. So it sounds like self-advocacy was a huge part of getting you to where you are now. Yeah, definitely. A, a mix of self-advocacy and also working in such a wonderful environment where that yeah. was encouraged and like right. instructed in some ways. Right. Cause I don't think I had those skills naturally coming in as like, does anybody when you're 21 right. out of college like no um for the most part but um you know my my mentors at work they were always like hey you know they saw the potential in me right and they said you know the company needs these things like do you think you can do them what are your ideas like come to these meetings we want to hear from you um so i i really have like my work environment to to thank for the success that i've had um mm -hmm not like not only in the opportunities that i've had but the way that they've been able to kind of encourage me to advocate for what i want and like build my confidence to the fact where like now sometimes i'm like i do nothing wrong everybody listen to me like please <laughs> please follow my lead where years ago that was not my attitude so um you know for better or for worse that's that's where i'm at now for sure yeah I, mentorship is huge i know 
even with some clients that I've worked with, mm-hmm. they've been like, oh no, you, you need to charge more than that. Like, oh no, you oh, should yeah. be charging me more than that. <laughs> like, I think, I think I've told you like, that. <laughs> I think even you and Jay, like Jay, the, the C, the CEO, right? He's the CEO. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Jay, Jay was like, I'll take this this time, but next time you should probably be charging me more. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But it's it's definitely those kinds of people who, I don't know, they, they have trust in your skills and your abilities and they want you to succeed because they like working with you so much. So they're like mm-hmm. pushing you to, to be your best self and ask for what you want. And it's, it's hard to find those people, I feel like. So we're lucky. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, I think that's, you know, at the end of the day, what I feel like, most grateful for is like, yes, I love the job and the work that we get to do and like, you know, my day to day, but like the relationships that I've built here, like are going to follow me probably for the rest of my life. Um, And that's not something that everybody gets, especially not in your first job out of college. So I'm like, uh, I think about that, like very, very often, really. Yeah, I feel the same way about magic beans. They weren't my first job but they're my second job out of mm-hmm. school and I was there for two and a half years and then I left to do what I'm doing now and then pandemic hit we got reconnected and now I'm doing work for them again and throughout all of that time they were sending me people to to work with and mm-hmm. they've been a really similar similar mentor uh, for me so I guess yeah, it's 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 funny because growing up my dad, who's a business guy, a sales guy, he always <laughs> said to me, like, it's not about what you know, it's about who you know. And I would yep. get mad because I'm like, but like, I'm smart and I'm going to do everything myself and I'm going to impress everybody. And like, I don't need anybody's help, like whatever, like on my high horse of like, yep, I said the you same. know, <laughs> trying to be independent or whatever I was trying to be. And now I'm like, damn it. Like, that's exactly like what happened. <laughs> like all my success, I think, can be traced back to like the right connections and building the right relationships and like investing in people in my life. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, oh, I get it now. <laughs> like, I get it now. Yeah, it's it's so true. <laughs> Paul, so wise. So well, sometimes. <laughs> With that one in that one moment, he was wise. Yes. Give it yes. To <laughs> <laughs> so you work in a more academic focus industry. Do you mm-hmm. have any pet peeves or things that most other people in your industry do that you're like, we absolutely do not do this. Like we're very different in this way. Um, I'm thinking about a couple different things. Okay. I think um, when I think about like what, how do we handle things differently than maybe other people in the industry? Um, I tell every single person that I hire that like we are not a customer's always right business like absolutely not like we want our tutors and consultants coaches to feel like they're the expert like their advice and their word comes first and if somebody calls and says I need you to meet with my student um, teach them math every day for three hours like we're gonna say no because most likely that's stupid and like is not gonna help be helpful and it's like not actually what the student needs right um and we're gonna look to our tutors and be like you see what this kid is coming in with you see what their goals are like what do you think should happen and you should communicate that to our clients right so you know you go to other companies they might say you know sure you want to work 20 22 like 20 tutoring hours a month like whatever 
we'll take it but right, we'll take um, your money <laughs> exactly or they like are so quick to like want to please the client that that's where they start from mm-hmm. um that's just not what we do um and i you know when i'm training and onboarding new people i usually say like think about this job as if you were you know any other type of professional like let's say you were a lawyer or whatever like when you meet with a really good lawyer that lawyer is telling you exactly what they think needs to happen they're telling you exactly what you need to do they're laying out the plan and they're saying this is what i'm going to do and like are you on board basically like if you met with a lawyer who was like i i guess we could do like whatever what do you think we should do like whatever you say <laughs> like, client, like you're crazy <laughs> yeah you or you wouldn't trust that person or no. like you wouldn't think they're very experienced so um Right. That is often what I'm trying to, you know, teach my my people to think like because you know it's it's easy to feel kind of steamrolled by parents sometimes. Oh, so, I can't imagine. <laughs> so, um, and you know, we turn away people who don't really kind of understand that that's the approach that we're taking. Like, if people are really driving that they want to do things exactly like they want to do them, we say great, here's some other people you can go talk to because we're not going to work not that, that way. Yeah. Um, and, and that just has led us to have some really amazing clients and students. Like, I, I just, I adore so many of our families, uh, which is all intentional, I think. Um, Absolutely. As far as like other kind of like pet peeves in the industry, um, I think something I'm thinking a lot about lately is like, you know, we are a premium service. We charge a lot of money in our hourly rates. Um, and that allows us to, you know, pay people very well, run an excellent business, do things we're proud of. Like it enables us to do a lot of things, but you know, it can't, I can't help but think about like, um, the disparity in education already and you know people in different socioeconomic classes and how like we are able to service students who have a lot of money with their applications and their ap classes and their sat prep which of course every student deserves that kind of help and mentorship but you know you can't deny that that contributes somewhat to you know a, a a that gap that already exists um right and and that's you know the reality of the industry right now. It's the reality um, of the capitalist world we live in. <laughs> exactly. <right>? Exactly. <laughs> um, so, I, you know, if I, if I have any complaints about my industry, I think that's what it is. Especially, like, it's been in the news recently, you know, the sketchier companies that just take people's money and, like, you know, all the scandals that have been out there. <laughs> yeah. Like, that is part of the industry. Thankfully, we are not a company that operates that way, but you know, we're adjacent to them and like that, that carries a certain reputation with it. And, you know, I'm not blind to that. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you can think of that in almost any industry. It might be more clear in yours, but at the end of, at the end of the day, sometimes I'm like, wow, like I wish I could serve people who are not as fortunate and it's hard to balance that with making income yourself too yeah and also like you know from my perspective like paying my employees well you know like and achieving both at the same time it it can make it it's going to drive your rates up and and it's going to change the types of populations that you can work with um but I, i think one thing i'm really hopeful about is you know our company is in 
a state of like super growth right now. You know, we have these big goals. We want to make, you know, X dollars in the next couple of years. And I think once we cross a certain threshold of like um, profitability, um, it's going to allow us so much more wiggle room to do things like sliding scale or scholarships mm -hmm. or like have the extra money to go towards you know diversifying the populations we work with and um, connecting with people who need our help that um, would not normally find us or afford us so we're not there yet but like it is starting to become more and more possible as we um, you know grow and like actually have cash which is like right. really exciting to think about right and i think it's really great that it's even on your mind because i think I mean, I would guess that some people in their industries never even consider those things. They they just ignore them and they don't they don't think about them. So I think that's good that you're all self reflecting. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. I hope it um I hope it works out in the way that we're thinking about it. It's going to take some time to organize, but like, it it's you know it's in my crosshairs, if you will. Yeah, absolutely. So that's cool. I'm gonna switch gears a little bit. Okay. So this question is usually directed more towards solopreneurs and people who are running, you know, online digital businesses and they're on social media all the time. So I'm interested in your thoughts on how this relates to what you do. Yeah. But this question is, do you have trouble infusing your personal life into business? And do you share personal things with your clients? Like, is there a line for you specifically, but also maybe for what you tell your tutors to do, if that makes sense. Yeah, this is like a broad question, I think. I'm just like searching my brain for like the direction. Yeah, it might I have multiple parts, <laughs> so that's fine. Yeah, I mean, the immediate kind of thing that comes to mind is, um, you know, being a manager is a very like interpersonal job. Like, mm -hmm. you know, I, I have, I have my degree in psychology and I say I use it all the time, even though I'm not <laughs> technically in the field. Yeah, totally. um, because I really believe in order to be a good manager, you have to be like empathetic and open hearted and relational and like realistic. Be, <laughs> yeah. And like be able to connect with your employees on a personal like level. Right. Um, you want them to feel seen and heard. Yeah. And like to know that they can come to me for anything and they can ask me anything, they can give me any feedback that I'm always going to take it. And like, you know, of course, my employees work work for me and for the company, but I like to think in some ways I work for them. And like, it's my job to advocate for them and make sure that, you know, they're having a good experience in what they're doing. Um, and that inevitably, because it's a relationship, like I'm making decisions all the time about like how open do I be about what I'm feeling or what I'm going through or what's happened in my past to help facilitate their growth without like, you know, putting any, I don't know, to facilitate their growth, but also still like hold them accountable as yeah. employees to the company. Yeah, the balance. Yeah. Um, so that's, you know, a place where I'm, I'm thinking all the time, right? Um, especially because, you know, if people have stuff going on in their lives, like I'm going to be the first person they tell and I'm going to help them navigate, you know, how do I keep up with work when this is happening or that's happening? Right. Um, and then, you know, one thing I'm navigating like at the moment is like 
you know, I have some stuff happening in my personal life that's like really time consuming and emotional and like pretty intense and like how do I do my job like on the other side of that conversation Mm -hmm. where you know I'm not just I'm not you know just listening to other people being kind of like a neutral party in helping them get through the day like I now need to be like oh crap like I need them to help me get through the day and like Mm. how much do I tell my employees like hey I need some you know, I need some grace or some patience or, you know, my bosses or, you know, if I'm having to take off in the middle of the day, who do, like, who do I tell? Like, how do they get in contact with me if they need to? Right. Like, it's like logistics too, that, that it all ties into logistics. <laughs> my God, my, yeah. Operations, right. Yeah. I'm directing a lot of friggin' operations. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm like actively working through that process, like right now thinking about you know, how, how do I interact with my coworkers when life just feels like shit, which like not to be dramatic, but it totally does right now. Yeah. Um, Fair. So I don't know, maybe I'll have an answer to that question, like a month from now, but <laughs> by it, the time it this is, comes out, <laughs> right. It is a, it is a question I'm like actively, um, I'm working exploring. on and exploring. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. Do you, I mean, this is a loaded question, but Mm -hmm. when you're training like new tutors, do you give them like a, a baseline or guidelines to, I don't know how, how, how much they should be sharing with their clients or is it kind of like, do what feels good to you? Hmm. There's a lot of moving parts in, in the business that you're in. So I'm just curious. Um, you know, I think, I think one thing I heavily screen for in the hiring process is the level of professionalism that a, a tutor has before right. they're even going to come on. Um, right. And I think a cornerstone of, of professionalism is understanding boundaries, understanding how to balance a power dynamic between a tutor and a student or like, you know, an adult and a student. Um, right. And like, I don't necessarily tell people like this is exactly, you know, right. How the you should roadmap act in situation. Yeah. Right. For all of this. Um, but I tell them, you know, if you aren't sure, if you're in a weird situation, you don't really know how to navigate, like talk to me and I'm going to coach you through it. And we're going to figure out like what you need to, to do or, or how to proceed through a given situation. Um, but for the most part, like I'm looking for people who I feel like I can trust their judgment Um, that are going to, you know, their gut feelings are going to line up with what my gut feelings are. And if they're not, I'm going to trust them to talk to me about it. Um, but it can be really tricky working with young people, especially if you're doing vulnerable things like writing a personal essay or, you know, deciding where you want to apply to college or whatever it might be. Um, or especially in like the academic coaching space, which is often, very like feelings based and like you know exploring a lot of all these things about yourself and you know it it takes some practice and it takes some just like self-trust to be like to navigate those like more emotional sides of the work 
um, to not totally shut them down and be like, but we're doing math homework. We can't talk about how you feel today. Um, no tears in math. No, a lot of tears in math if you're me. Um, and then <laughs> between that and like being professional and not becoming a, like a therapist for a student, yeah. which can kind of be hard sometimes depending on how close you are. So um, well, it's yeah, difficult to get navigate. <laughs> Yeah. Or, you know, a student comes to you, you have developed a great rapport with them, you ask them how they're doing, and they're like, actually, I'm doing terribly because my girlfriend just broke up with me and like, I don't want to be here right now. Oh. Um, and so, you know, you got to react to that and talk to them about it and, you know, help them through the tough moments without being too, like, too detached or too prescriptive and, and too involved. So, right. you know, I, I think more than anything, what people need to do well at this job and particularly at this company is just like really have some strong interpersonal skills. And like, right. if you have a degree in math, like I know you know how to do math, like, right. It's not really right. Like I, I'm not screening for that very heavily, to be honest, I'm screening for like, how are you going to navigate tough situations? How do you talk to people? How do you respond to questions? Um, and it's always those people who do really well that end up sticking around forever, um, which is a, a joy. Yeah. How, what's the longest a tutor has been involved in? Yeah, there are there are some that you know out that like they've been there longer than I have. Oh wow! So, so there are some people I can think of at least two that have been here for ten years, um, and then there are you know plenty of people who've been around you know, five or more years. Yeah. I think, you know, we have some people who, who start with us and we love and that they love us and they stick around for a really long time. And then some people are with us for only, you know, a season of life and that's okay too. Yeah. Um, but I think over time, you know, we've organized the company such that it makes it easy for people to stay on and tutor for as much as they want and as long as they want. Um, if we, if we agree that we want them for that right, long. Of course. Um, and that's made it, you know, even better and even easier, not easier, even like smoother to, to manage somebody and help them grow um, when they want to stay. Um, yeah. I, I think that's that's been a great development because, you know, at one point it was, we had a hundred tutors and they were all coming and oh, going wow. and they worked a few months and whatever, and like you barely knew anybody's name. And one of my focuses over the past few years has been cutting down the tutor pool and giving more hours of work to tutors who want it. Mm -hmm. So we've moved to a model of having effectively um, six people on staff where Signet is their only job. They are focused fully on tutoring. They're building their career out of this and they do like a third of our tutoring work. Wow. And then the other two thirds are done by like a a hodgepodge of like maybe 30 people or so um which is a pretty dramatic change from where it was you know five years ago yeah. um so that's been fun yeah so it sounds like you're much more focused on building the relationship rather than building the quantity of absolutely yeah. yeah um which is on brand if you will Chris. i was just gonna say <laughs> it sounds on brand for what we've been talking about so that's great so what has been one of the biggest struggles in in your career so far or what's something that you're struggling with now well i think it's the other side of the coin 
of like what I love about, um, you know, what my career has been so far in that it's been so cool and so fun and so rewarding to forge my own path in some ways through this company, right? Grow, grow with the company, decide what I want to do, write all my own job descriptions, be able to identify what needs to happen. Um, it's been great, but it's also so hard sometimes because there's nobody training me on anything in a lot of ways. Um, you know, I can say, Hey, I need training in how to do this particular thing. But you know, if you go get a corporate job, you're going to be in training for two weeks on how to do this job. And here's exactly what you do. And like, this is exactly what your job description is. And it's never going to change. Whereas I have a totally different experience, right? It's, it's difficult to decide exactly what you need to do in order to be as effective as possible at the company. It's difficult to put yourself out there and say, this is what's important. This is what's not important. These are the goals. Like I'm going to take a leap of faith here on this project that I have. Um, So, you know, I think about that often in that, you know, sometimes when I feel, you know, burnt out or stressed or unsure what to do next or stuck. I'm like, oh my God, I so want to just go get a corporate job and be told what to do. And <laughs> like, <been> there. <laughs> you know, like, just tell me what to do. I have no idea. And then I always solve the problem and I feel better. And I'm like, what was I thinking? But um, that's definitely been uh, the hardest part of all of this, but makes everything that much more rewarding when it ends up working out inevitably. Yeah, of course. And I, I I know like you've told me when you've had to make job descriptions for yourself and mm-hmm. I can't, I don't even know where I would start. Like, obviously you start with what you know that what what's needed, but I don't know. Like, I, I know that I make estimates and contracts and quotes and stuff, but to me, that's so much different because I know that there's a specific job that I need to do and I mm-hmm. know what is included in that, but to think more broadly about the company and be like I can do this like and have that confidence to be like I will do this and I can do this that's on a whole other level of I don't know of just thought yeah it's hard it is really hard and like um you know along with that has come like advocating for raising my salary when I think I deserve it right like understanding when I've leveled up to like a whole new level of, of, of work or influencing the company in different ways, or like actually being able to say like this idea that I had, or this project that I did brought the company X dollars. So like, I would like X dollars, please. You know, um, (laughs) it, that process is never easy for anybody. Um, but I think it's, it's been especially interesting in that, like, there's no set trajectory for what somebody in this role at this company makes because i made up the role right like in some ways um so there have been a lot of difficult discussions about like this is what i think this job is worth and i think this is what it compares to what happens at other companies but i don't really know so having to do that kind of advocacy um can be really stressful but again, rewarding at the end of it. So, um, yeah, I, I find myself feeling like I'm in a really unique position compared to, you know, people who work at companies that have more than a few people uh, running yeah. the whole thing. So, 
um, I don't know, it's fun. I wouldn't change it, but it stresses me out still sometimes. Yeah, it sounds, I mean, you've been, since I've, not since I've known you, but you've been, I've known you since you've been at, mm -hmm. at Signet and I never really thought about it, but through this conversation, it really does sound like you have a lot in common with people who are entrepreneurs or starting their own businesses because you're doing all this creative work. And at the same time, I'm sure you have to find data to support what you're asking for and what you think is needed. So there's, there's a lot of similarities that I'm even just hearing now. Yeah. I think the data portion coming back to challenges, like I'd be so lost has been the hardest thing, um, to start to understand from a business level, all of those net profit numbers and projections and budgets and all this stuff and understanding, you know, the, the data around our tutoring hours and our different subjects and all the things that we do. And what does this mean? Um, and like, it would just like, I would stare at sp spreadsheets with like a <laughs> blank look all the time. Be like, I have no idea what the heck this means. Um, and it took me like a while to realize that for a while we just had terrible data and like, it was just hard so to read really and sense. like, it didn't pull out of, but like, I had lost so much confidence being like, I don't know what the hell the spreadsheet is telling me. Um, and then we're like, oh, it's just cause the spreadsheet is bad. And like, we need to find the right the right people to get the right data and use the right systems and like make it so it is actually meaningful to everybody. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, once we were able to have what we call like a fractional CFO, so somebody who just like works kind of part-time for us, just keeping an eye on our books, yeah. like we say often, like sometimes it's just about, again, finding the right person. <laughs> and it's like, it's not, like we don't have to do everything ourselves like we found the right person who was able to get us our data and like explain it and like then i was able to understand it and kind of take off with it and support a lot of the things i wanted to do um but it's been like the biggest like skill set that i've acquired because i've always known like i'm a relationship person like that part of the job has never been that hard for me but being able to back everything up with numbers like it took me a long time <laughs> it took me a very long time um and and now i like i kind of like it i think it's fun oh, wow complete 180 180 360 180 i don't know yes 180 <laughs> numbers 360 <laughs> full circle spun, spun all the way around which sometimes it feels like that i won't yeah it well, no, and you bring up a good point about enlisting people to to help when you don't understand something. Um, I'm because you you work for a company that has you know what four or five like full time mm -hmm. people, so you all wear a lot of hats. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing for anyone who's running their own business or yeah. someone who's um, an entrepreneur. They're trying to do everything themselves. And mm -hmm. I know when I got QuickBooks and mm -hmm. my accountant set it up for me, but. For probably the first like two years, I was like, I don't know what the heck I'm doing. I didn't even know that I had to reconcile. Mm -hmm. So when I finally did hire a bookkeeper, he was like, you haven't been doing this. <laughs> like, I was like, no, how am I supposed to know? So you do. So definitely agree with enlisting those professionals to, to make your life easier and to make things make sense. Yeah, I think it's been like a huge mindset that's like unlocked our potential as a company is like, Signet had such a startup 
vibe (laughs) for a really long time right where everybody because everybody's really capable everybody's really smart they can do all these things but being like okay what do we actually like not have to do and like we can just pay somebody to help us with because they're going to be better at it anyway and save us all this time Um, so as soon as we started doing things like that like things got a lot better (laughs) so my advice to anybody running a business is like stop stop having such a big ego and just pay somebody else if you can of course totally yeah my god (laughs) i can agree with that so let's switch gears into the weird questions oh i've been waiting all day yes i don't know what you're gonna say for this i usually have a guess but i don't know okay but if you were a car what would you be okay so in being on brand, what do you think I did to prepare for this <laughs> this question? I'm sure you did lots of research. <laughs> I googled what kind of car am I quiz, and I found a <laughs> oh my God, random like a one. Quiz. <laughs> I don't even know. It was like clearly. I just clicked on the first one, and it wasn't BuzzFeed. It was clearly like made by like some like child because it was so simple and stupid but it did tell me that I was a hatchback so because oh <laughs> I'm like reliable but I can still have fun and I'm prepared for things I guess but considering you drive a hatchback right you drive a hatchback yeah well the hatchback is just like the the back style the truck coming up right that's just the, yeah oh is it now I want to google it yeah but I'm like oh well if that's the kind of car Kristen drives, and this is perfect. Hatchback is a car body configuration with a roof uh-huh. wings upward to provide access to a cargo area. So it's not a specific like brand, but no, that's fine. You can be just a general hatchback. Just very, very generic. <laughs> would Would you be able to identify what kind of car I should be if not this? Because I don't know shit about cars. I don't know. I kind of want Dylan to like come in and guest on this can i get dylan sure all right hold on <laughs> dylan, I need you. okay he's coming hello, hello. hi dylan come over here to the mic <laughs> will it yeah okay i can hear him very well you don't have to be this close to well i'm mic. not okay maybe a little closer all right whatever so first of all the the car question she said she was a hatchback but that's not specific that's just a the body of the car, right? Yeah. That's just what the quiz I found online told me. I don't <laughs> so know anything about cars. Because you're a car person. I don't know cars. I'm going to say like Corolla for every answer. What What do you think Andrea would be if she were a car? What's your first instinct? Well, if you go along the lines of like a hatchback, I think it would be like a Volkswagen like Golf. Oh, oh that's very specific. Why? They're really small, right? Aren't those really tiny zippy cars? They can be, but they're actually pretty zippy. Zippy? What does that mean? They handle very wait, well wait, fast. Oh, so she's can, efficient. So they can be sporty if they want. Oh, sporty when I want to be. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, I I love tiny little cars, and I feel like I probably would be one, mm-hmm. but I don't know. They break down. And I'm pretty sturdy, uh, so I don't know. Sure oh, we could sure. you could have a whole podcast about this. <laughs> Dylan, you should you should make a car about the car, a podcast about what car what car are you? All right, great. All right. Well, thank you, Dylan, for Hi Dylan. Yes, coaching. Bye, <laughs> Bye Dylan.
Bye. Can you shut the door on your way out? No. Okay. That was fun. That was a first. <laughs> okay. There he is. Spice it up a little bit. All right. <laughs> Next question. So some people have had trouble with this because the question is, when was the last time someone said that's so on brand for you? But some people are like, no one's ever said that. I'm like, well, what if, like, has someone said that's so you? Okay. Okay. You literally said this to me like two weeks ago. Okay. When we were doing the Harry Potter quizzes. <laughs> yes. 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 We were all ha- hanging out and taking like, what, like, house are you in? And I like, I don't know anything about Harry Potter. Like, I, it meant you're nothing not, to you're me. You're not a fan. But the um the little description, you were like, that's so you. Is that not you? But now I can't remember exactly what it was. It was like, you're like funny you and emotional, a, but also a Ravenclaw or a Hufflepuff. I I was like X percent Ravenclaw and X percent Hufflepuff. Right. Okay. And they were like, you like you're emotional and fun, but also like you can have a level head when people like need your advice. And I was like, that is so me. You're right. Yeah. I remember Liz and I locked eyes and we were like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And of course, being on brand again, I tried to take the quiz again in preparation for this, but I must be in a different mood because I like got a totally different answer and I didn't like it as much. So the trouble with those quizzes but i should have screenshotted it because it was really perfect it really was Um, yeah because it was you me jim our our friend jim and our friend andrea uh our friend liz oh our friend liz you're (laughs) (laughs) that's me andrea whoops yeah (laughs) as far as you know we each took there were three different ones i think you took (laughs) one of them but i just took one liz and i know liz and jim took three because they wanted to get like <laughs> the most accurate representation of themselves which i think is funny and also on brand for liz but yes for that <laughs> she's next so tell me in the same vein a childhood story or what you were like as a child and why it's so on brand for you okay i was thinking about this, this. And I, I think my like brand (laughs) as a child is vastly different from my brand as an adult. I was such a like, growing up, I was so I was so small, which is still the brand, but so small and meek and quiet and like, just kind of like sat there through my whole childhood. (laughs) Like, I did like just I was very calm, nothing really like, didn't have I don't know. I didn't get into trouble ever. Mm-hmm. And like, I was just kind of like scared of the world. And then I think I eventually like got less scared and now I don't shut up sometimes. And I like attention, but that's besides the point thinking about like my childhood brand <laughs> of being like shy and scared of everything. Um, I think about like one time I really wanted to wear like fancy shoes to school. Like I had these little like, they weren't like full on heels, but they were like a little fancy, they had a little heel to them. And I was like, I just like want to feel like fun and like I want to look good or whatever. And that was like my decision. Mm -hmm. But then I like, I got so self-conscious about the sound that the heels were making in the hallway (laughs) that I like 
was walking so weird so that nobody would hear my heels in the hallway and then the teacher was like are you like are you okay and i'm like i'm fine <laughs> like please my legs are fine i just i want to go home it's complicated um, lady <laughs> yeah i'm going through a lot right now um and i think about myself just like trying to walk down a hallway and not make any sound <laughs> like, so funny i never heard that story which is like kind of sad um but <laughs> You know, it shows how much I've grown because now I would just like clomp my way through the halls, I think, <laughs> and not think about anything. But, you know, we grow. Yeah. We grow. Well, and I always think about you saying, like, when I'm 40, like, I'm already 40. You know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? Like, exactly. You all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. Yeah. My, my brand is that I've felt 40 my entire life and I age into my personality the older I get so that's who I am I think so I like to think so I like it so last question already when I say the funniest thing that you've ever witnessed or I don't know the funniest thing that comes to mind what, what do you think about there are like several things that jump out. So I'll just say them all and you could either keep them in great. or just like <laughs> cut for time if you need to. No, this is great. Um, the first is the time when it was my sister's birthday and we were like away on vacation. And so like we we're kind of getting the gifts together last minute. And my dad and I both went in another <laughs> room to like sign our cards and put all the gifts together and bring them out. And we had both bought her birthday cards that had to do with cat poop. They were different <laughs> cards, but the theme was cat poop. Like one was like the cat wrote out happy birthday and his poop. And I forget what the other one was. <laughs> and I just remember we, like there people were waiting outside and we couldn't leave because we were laughing too hard. We had to like compose ourselves to like bring the gifts <laughs> back out. And then a watcher opened two different cat poop cards and be like, what, what does this mean? Is um, this my brand? So yeah, maybe that's her brand, <laughs> cat poop. But we talk about that all the time. And then the second that. one related to her was when we were on a boat fishing, and the hook like swung back around, <laughs> and all of a sudden she like freezes, and I see like some panic in her eyes, and I'm like, what? She's like, Andrea, look at the hook, and it had swung back around and got her in the back of her fabric shorts. So like she had hooked her butt. <laughs> with her fishing rod and it was like a really weird rod that had like four different really prongs and we had I had to like you know finagle it out and like her shirt her shorts were ruined there's a huge hole in them but that <laughs> if you ever get the opportunity to look in the the face of somebody who's um hooked themselves on a fishing line <laughs> without pain of course it's um I that will be burned in my brain forever and then I'm sure that you and I have stories like that <laughs> where we have laughed our asses off. It's hard to think about them on the spot. Well, there's that time that a seagull dropped a roll of toilet paper in front of <laughs> us as we were leaving a dorm, which I still don't oh, understand. I know. They're, those gulls are scoundrels. <laughs> and, like, again, what's the metaphor there? A bird flies out of the sky and drops toilet paper at your feet. Like... <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what that means. Oh, it's like um, the silly little moments are the best. Or like, it's just like every, just like leave us alone when we're overtired and it's the funniest thing in the entire world. <laughs> Probably. Yes. 
maybe I'll uh, maybe the time when we're still living in Brighton. Oh, and you had drank too much coffee in your home alone. <laughs> oh, and you were messaging me like there's somebody in the house. I'm like, Kristen, there's no way there's anybody in this house. You're like, there's somebody in the house. I heard them flush the toilet. And I'm like, there's definitely nobody in our house coming in just to flush the toilet. Like, what? She's like, of all places, not that house, first of all. You know, they'd walk in and be like, never mind. <laughs> yes. And I had to, like, counsel you through just, like, surviving the day, even though nothing was happening. You're like, I have, I have, like, I have something I can hit them with. I'm like, please hit nobody because there's nobody in the house. I remember cracking up all day and having to come home being like, are you all right? This is why I don't drink coffee. (laughs) My favorite. Okay. This is the last one, but my favorite. Okay. okay. (laughs) okay, Fine. My favorite um, Brighton apartment story. It was like, I don't know. It must've been the first year we were there, but someone had just randomly parked their scooter their pink scooter like a what was it a vespa i don't even know whatever the heck that is it was a bright pink like motorized scooter in the driveway Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. stairs and so like there was one time i was going outside to my car and he was out there and he was like cool new scooter (laughs) and we're like uh excuse that was yours (laughs) he was like and there was just silence and he looks at the scooter (laughs) looks at me and goes that's not mine and I was like, who, left, who left their scooter at my house? And then it, it disappeared like the next day. It was so weird. It must have been a confusing day for that person. Think I, about that all, all I know. I too. will never know. And it bothers me, but it's one of the weirdest things. There's a lot of weird <laughs> things that happened at that house. But Yeah, we could have another episode for that. But <laughs> those are the highlights. <laughs> Oh, but so great. Okay, so we've done enough uh, chitty chatty. I want to make sure before we end that people know how to get in touch with Signet and you and Mm. anything else that you guys want to promote. Oh, promote. Oh, I didn't prepare. I don't (laughs) I don't think we have anything right now. I we're just telling people like services yeah. if they have interest services in okay so what we offer is um again one-on-one student services uh test prep uh, admissions consulting both undergraduate and graduate school um academic coaching and subject tutoring um for all your um student needs um but we're also really in a phase of like looking for connections and collaborators and referrers so um i'm thinking a lot about like the other coaches that you've talked to the people in your network like we would love to know more parent coaches and more people who work with families and you know really grow our network to help as many people as possible so um i would definitely be interested in talking to anybody who's interested (laughs) in talking to me um so you can find me um andrea at signeteducation.com or more generally um on our website which is signeteducation.com put that all in the show notes so let it on the show it out or anything Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. All right. Cool. Um, I guess that's it. I guess that's it. Sorry I said so many bad words. I I hope you don't have to go back and edit them. <laughs> no, we embrace we embrace bad words here. 
I didn't even notice. That's how. <laughs> Every that's time I said it, I was like, oh, much I don't care. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. Well, good. I'm glad. Thank you for having me. This was so much fun. Of course. Thanks so much for, for being on. And thanks to Signet for being a supporter of Crystal Man Design LLC. Oh, everyone is. Everyone is. And I am so proud of you. And I think your business is awesome. And I love what you're doing. All these like, you know, all this extra stuff that you don't have to do and you're investing your time into is so impressive. So I'm definitely feeling inspired um, oh, and love seeing you grow. So I love you to death. Thank you for you. having me. Okay. I love you to the moon and back. Okay. All right. Bye. Thanks, everyone. Goodbye. Goodbye.